Welcome to the Ponder a New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Miles, and we're back for season three. It's going to be a mini season here in these weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, many churches call them Advent. It's about preparing our hearts, our homes, and ultimately our world for the coming of Christ. And we're going to be looking this year at the names of Jesus and what they mean, what they reveal to us about who Jesus is and how they might open for us some avenues of prayer and faith uh, this uh, Advent and then Christmas season. So without further ado, uh, let's get exploring some names. Mary had it easy in some ways, and that she didn't have to pick a name for her child. I remember when Emily and I were pregnant, uh, each time we had to figure out, you know, what would we name the child? And we chose not to find out if it was a boy or a girl. So we had this list um, of, you know, potential boy names and potential girl names, and we sort of cross them off, run them through sort of various, uh, you know, filters. Are there anybody else in the family that would be too close that sort of already has that name, you know, and so forth. Uh, again, it was, a, it was a joy, but also in some ways a burden to, to figure out the name of our children. Eventually we chose um, some, some family names, and I was very happy with our choices. And uh, you don't tell anybody what you're going to name your kid before you've officially chosen because then they can criticize it because once the child's born, then everybody has to agree that it's a beautiful name. <laughs> so uh, we're thinking about, uh, about names. And so my, my first uh, question for you is, you know, who are you named after? And do you know where your name comes from? Does it have a specific meaning? Uh, and if you've had the name... Anybody, could even be a pet, uh, but if you've had to name uh, an offspring, uh, a child, uh, what, what considerations did you have as you sought to uh, give that name? Well, Mary, again, is told by the angel that the name shall be Jesus. And I want to explore with you the significance of that name that likely to almost all of us as English listeners is, is totally lost, like lost in translation there. Because his name is more than um, a name. It's even more than a title. It's, it's really kind of a story in itself, and it harkens back to, to so much. Okay. Jesus' name is a Hebrew name. Right? I mean, Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph were, were Jews. They, they were speaking uh, likely Aramaic, a sort of a derivative of Hebrew. Hebrew would have primarily been spoken by priests, but, but Jesus is in itself a, a Hebrew uh, name. And it sounds something in the Hebrew uh, not like Jesus. It actually sounds something like Yehoshua. And the name uh, means something in, in Hebrew, and it consists of two words, sort of the yo and shua. And the shua means save, but the yo, that initial sort of part where we get the sort of the, the J-E sort of from, uh, actually means Yahweh. And the name Yahweh 
is the Old Testament name for God. It's the way that the Jews, still to this day, call upon the creator of heaven and earth. But that name is in itself so sacred that they will not say that name. In fact, in some ways, nobody actually knows anymore how to say the name because nobody said it in thousands of years. And, and, and to sort of show that holiness, uh, you've maybe even seen um, a Bible or somebody write where they actually wrote G and then a sort of a, a blank and then the letter D to kind of signify that something was holy there. Or maybe in your Bibles, every now and then the, the name Lord or God will be capitalized in all caps. And that's actually because they're translating this unpronounceable name Yahweh. Uh, and it's so holy, in fact, that when um, that Hebrew only originally had vowels, and so there are four letters to this name. And what they did when they eventually would add vowels, they added in vowels for another word, Lord, Adonai. And so when a, um, a, somebody would be reading Hebrew, they would not say the name Yahweh, but when they came to those four letters, they would actually say Adonai. Lord, out of reverence and respect for this holy name. And so when it comes to Jesus' name, it's not, the whole, it's not the whole word. It's just sort of the first um, sort of two letters to kind of remind people or to signify what's, what's actually being talked about here, the sort of the full name, the real name of God, again, the creator of heaven and earth and the God of the, of the Hebrew people. Well, then there's, again, the Jesus saves, Oh, sorry, the, so, the, so Jesus' name means um, the God, the creator of the heaven and earth, Yahweh, saves. But it's even richer and, and more interesting than that because this is so strange. You're going to think I'm making this up. Okay, there's actually an Old Testament person who has the same name as Jesus, and that's Joshua. And it's for one of these really strange linguistic things. The name Joshua is more of the sort of the English transliteration of this Hebrew name, Yehoshua. But we get Jesus from the Greek New Testament, and the Greek transliteration of Yehoshua was Yezu. And, and that, again, then was translated then into English, and it came to Jesus. And so what is not obvious to us is that the name for Joshua and the name for Jesus, they're actually the same name. And so we have to then think, what was the role of Joshua in the Old Testament? Well, Joshua was the one who led the people out of the wilderness into the promised land. And so when Jesus um, is given this name Jesus, again, to Miriam, to Mary, to Yosef, to Joseph's ears, it would have been like hearing Joshua and that would have signified to them when the angel declares um, in a dream to Matthew and directly to Mary, you're going to name this kid Jesus, that th this is again pointing back to this Old Testament story, this, this story from the Torah, that, Je that, that Jesus was going to lead the people into the promised land. But they were already living in the promised land, uh, Nazareth, where he was sort of where, where Mary is, is living and Joseph are living, or even Bethlehem, where Jesus is born, are part of the promised land. And so it suggests that there's something more broad, more spiritual, more cosmic about the promised land that Jesus is going to lead the people into. And 
in fact, um, the Gospel of Matthew even makes it more clear in that it says, you shall name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Again, So, so the sense that, um, that Jesus' name is not just something that is random, as it kind of sounds in English, but, but is a, a name, really a title, of what God intends uh, to do through him, and which God, in fact, uh, and then it harkens back to this Old Testament story of God working to lead the people out of um, the wilderness and into the promised land. And so it sort of, I think, brings up then a little bit harder of a question for us. Uh, and, and this is where it maybe it's, it's a little bit tough because at Christmas, I think we have a, a real draw to sort of nostalgia, sentimentality, um, and, and a real hunger for a sort of the hallmark effect where like everything sort of gets wrapped up in a bow. Um, but the first, or even from the get-go, when we hear that the name is going to be Jesus, this suggests that we need to be somehow moved into a promised land and that God actually needs to act once again to save us. And so I think the question as we head into Advent and Christmas, as we really think about the coming of Christ, um, and not just the first time Jesus came as a baby, but when Jesus comes in, into our lives uh, and then ultimately comes again to make all things new. But what is, the, what is the wilderness that we need to be led out of? What, is the, what are the things for, for which um, or from which we, we need to be saved? I don't think it's that hard to sort of look at the, the paper, uh, check our phones, watch TV, and, and realize that on so many levels, there just seems to be sort of a, a looming sense of catastrophe. And again, I get it that the, the media almost um, you know, lives off of our fear. I, I get that. And I preach on that, actually. But environmentally, economically, politically, socially, culturally, it just seems like we're on this precipice, and, and there's a sense in which we, we need to be saved. But then even on a personal level, where in, in your life are you needing to be led into the promised land? Uh, you know, what, is, what parts of your life are a wilderness that, that make you cry out, mercy. I, I need salvation. I need saving. I need God, you to act in, in my life and, and show your salvation. I need Jesus. One of the most simple prayers uh, is called the Jesus Prayer. And it's uh, really practiced in the Eastern Orthodox Church as sort of a meditative, almost a mantra that's said over and over. But Protestants and, and Roman Catholics, I mean, everybody throughout the last 2,000 years, has, has used this prayer. And it's, uh, again, really simple. It's just, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. And uh, what about that prayer? Um, what parts of your life uh, lead, you, lead you into that, uh, that need to say that kind of prayer? And, and if you haven't ever tried that, again, part of this exploration of the names is to open up new avenues of prayer. And the most basic one, again, involves just the name of Jesus and emphasizing that the way in which he is the one who um, is saving us and is leading us into a new land, a new time and a new space, the creation, the kingdom.
So uh, again, we'll keep this going during Advent, some a shorter pod, though, uh, but about the, the names of Jesus. And today we just unpacked the name Jesus itself. <laughs>